Is a treaty the solution that Aboriginal people need? By Anthony Dillon. May all that you stand for and that we stand for be preserved under the providence of God for the happiness of mankind. The trouble is caused by unthinking people who carelessly throw away ageless ideals as if they were old and outworn machinery. But it is the values of individual liberty, equality before the law and the supremacy of people over the state to which we can always with confidence return as a powerful and uniting force. Australia is not a secular country. It is a free country. In May of 2017, the historic All-Indigenous Constitutional Convention was held in Uluru about changing the constitution for Aborigines. The outcome of these discussions is what has become known as the Uluru Statement from the Heart. Rachel Perkins described it as an historic consensus from the First Nations. However, the consensus has not been without controversy. An article in the Australian States, a small group of delegates from Victoria and New South Wales feeling they weren't being taken seriously on complex issues of treaty and sovereignty, stormed out of the Uluru meeting place. It's not a dialogue, it's a one-way conversation, Sydney-based political activist Jenny Munro fumed. Every time we try to raise something in the room, we get shut down. I have asked how does our sovereignty remain intact when we go into the white man's constitution. That is about validating their sovereignty on our land, not ours. Changes that safeguard against discriminatory laws on the basis of race and the addition of words that acknowledge the fact that Aborigines occupied this continent before the British arrived are fine, and even welcomed. But anything more, and it becomes problematic. Not surprisingly, much more is being asked for, nay, demanded. There are strident and repeated calls for a treaty. A treaty is heralded heralded by some as the solution to many of the problems facing Aboriginal people today. So it is well worth exploring the idea further. It is unclear exactly what a treaty is and how it would work if we did have one. After reading an article that was meant to discuss why we need a treaty, why it's important and how to bring it to life, I was still left wondering what a treaty is. In its simplest form, a treaty can be thought of as an agreement or contract between two parties. In this case, between some representative Aboriginal body or structure and the Australian government representing the rest of us. Though, of course, the government represents all of us, including Aboriginal people. And let's forget for the moment about what definition would be used for Aboriginal that will likely turn out to be very problematic. Proposing a treaty raises important questions that need answers. Normally, in a contract, there are responsibilities for each party. What would these be for Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal Australians respectively? But more importantly, how would a treaty put food on the table, get kids to school, get adults into jobs, make communities safe, clean and vibrant places to live in? So far, I have not heard answers to these questions. I just hear, treaty now. The problems plaguing too many Aboriginal communities and people are ones that I believe can be addressed without a treaty. In fact, I believe pursuit of a treaty will be a major distraction from addressing the real problems, as a treaty will be seen as a magic bullet. Those Aboriginal people who are suffering and condemned to live in conditions most of us would not let a dog live in should not have to wait for a treaty for solutions. And how many will die waiting? 
Let's not forget that thousands upon thousands of Aboriginal Australians are do- already doing perfectly well without a treaty, including many of those who have descended on Uluru to promote their idea of a treaty, not to mention all the Facebook warriors calling for a treaty. They have benefited from good education and living where there are employment opportunities, so why should they be demanding one as a solution? Calls for a treaty have been gaining momentum for quite some time now. Back in July 2016, prominent Indigenous Australian Professor Chris Sarah challenged political leaders, including the Prime Minister. When you are ready and you have the courage and are bold enough, I am ready on behalf of my people and my people are ready to speak with you about a treaty. Are we to conclude that if someone is reluctant to talk about a treaty, they must lack courage? I personally would rather see Professor Sarah talk about what has been his formula for success. I'm sure that what has worked for him will work for other Aboriginal Australians. One Aboriginal woman doing well without a treaty is lawyer Dr Hannah McLeod, author of Our Greatest Challenge, Aboriginal Children and Human Rights. She was reported as wisely saying, would Indigenous women and children feel safer if constitutional recognition or even a treaty eventuated in Australia? The answer must be a resounding no. That alone should surely be enough for us to abandon the pursuit of a treaty, at least until we eliminate these family violence problems. The best way to help Aboriginal people is the same way that works best for all Australians. The focus should be on strategies that bring social stability and unity. Only then will people feel safe, strive and be all that they are capable of being. Warren Mundine has rightly pointed out that social stability requires people to embrace the idea of contributing to their communities and meaningful employment is one of the most effective ways of ensuring this. Our primary focus must be on employment and education. These can be achieved irrespective of treaty discussions but will take hard work. Talking about a treaty or changing the constitution is easy. Improving employment and educational opportunities is considerably more difficult. So many activists actually think they are doing something constructive when they protest from the sidelines claiming that a treaty is the solution. They are not. Let's not be distracted by symbolism and quick fixes such as treaties, however alluring they might seem to be. Let's focus on providing Aboriginal people with real hope and help even if that means tackling the tough issues such as child abuse and violence or making unpopular decisions like relocating people from dysfunctional and economically unsustainable communities to centres with facilities where they can thrive. Aboriginal people are Australian citizens and as such are surely entitled to what Australia has to offer. But partaking in these offerings means abandoning the us-them mentality which underpins the treaty mindset mindset that has only served to keep Aboriginal people marginalised and promote disharmony between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal Australians. Does anyone remember the vision of the Council for Aboriginal Reconciliation? A united Australia that respects this land of ours, values Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander heritage and provides justice and equity for all. Let's make that our vision. Today we need a special kind of courage. Not the kind needed in battle, but the kind which makes us stand up for everything that we know is right, everything that is true and honest. We need the kind of courage that can withstand the subtle corruption of the cynic, so that we can show the world that we are not afraid of the future.